be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, David. I'm Damien. But we have a very special guest. Mr. Sean, how are you doing? Good. Yay. Global warming? Well, his was the push to get off fossil fuels. Well, that's definitely not happening now with the <laughs> Ukraine and Russia thing. I don't know. If anything, I think this would help. Yeah. In the long... Yeah, okay. This I is going to push you for the need because humans are... Uh, what, what's the phrase? We're uh, not a creature of habit. We're uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, we don't do things until we have to. Right. If all we're, of a sudden all fossil fuels was gone, we would figure it out. Right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I agree. This, I think this will push most European countries to switch over to um, nuclear power. But, you know, USPS just announced their big uh, purchase, their vehicle purchase last week, too. And they're still all gas-powered. The Are they vehicles. natural gas fired? No. See, that's what UPS mainly right. uses. UPS mainly uses natural gas. Now, this is still this for all like their little, right? The, the not the big cars, trucks and yeah. stuff. Yeah, the package cars. Yeah, the big trucks still run on diesel. yeah diesel. But um, now there are a lot that run on biodiesel now too, though. I know UPS. They're, sw- they're going to be switching to electric. I've seen a lot of people. Uh, Tesla and Walmart both bought a ton of them. Or right. pre-ordered a ton of them. They actually don't have them because Tesla is slow at producing. Uh, that might be the way it goes. But I've also seen uh, there's a company called Edison. No, it's not Edison. What is it called? Edison's a different company. I don't know. There's a uh, there's a new company that their whole focus is uh, for semi-trucks, that they want to build the next generation of semi-trucks. And their, their focus is... Uh, hybrid trucks but not like a not like a prius hybrid uh they're doing their plans basically to put train engines into trucks but on a smaller scale because right now most most trains run on a mix of diesel fuel to give you the power for pulling up hills and stuff when you really need a lot of power um and then electric to keep you moving down the road when you don't need a lot of power it but i don't know tesla's if 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 it's true that Tesla, their semis can do what they claim they claim do. Claim they can. I know uh, this week, <clears throat> Lucid, who is Tesla's biggest competitor, um, realistic competitor, General Motors, Ford, they say they want to be in that, but they're not committing yet. And Chrysler's right. still throwing headbats <laughs> into minivans. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Lucid uh, just had a recall this week for pretty much Almost every single one of their vehicles they've shipped so far. Ford just had a. Now, granted, they've recall. only been shipping for a few months, but Ford just had a huge recall for uh, their F two fifties. All the ones built from twenty sixteen up, hmm. uh, with like 
one specific package or something, but I don't know. It was so many hundreds of thousands of trucks that fell into it. Do you have to deal much with that at work? No, like recalls? Yeah. No, no. if we can get a car in that is there for something that we think is associated with a recall, we usually tell people, you know, take this to the dealer. Right. So, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for us to fix it and charge them to fix it. And, well, that's what I didn't think, but... Unless you're like me and you have a bad engine, man. <laughs> so is that like, what yours was? You, you're yeah. going to have to get replace that? Oh, yeah. And the crappy thing is, like, you know, Kia replaces, you know, millions and millions of these engines. Like, the, people, the dealership in Florence is putting these engines in, like, who knows how many a week. They, I mean, they've got this thing down to a science where they've got a couple people that do nothing but put these engines in these cars. Yeah. They replace yeah, so many of them. And that's all they do. And they put, like, a few in a day, and they're very good at it. And um, they have, like, a waiting list, like, weeks out to get engines installed in these cars. Hmm. And they've been doing this for a few years now. And um, I know whenever I went back in, like, 2018, it was, like, May of 2018, and they was kind of starting into all this with these engines, um, I had to take mine over there to get a test run on it, and mine passed the test, so I did not get an engine. But I asked them, I said, how many engines are y'all replacing? And they said, so far this year, we've probably done about 375. (laughs) And this was in May. (laughs) Wow. So we're looking at about uh, 1,200 or at least 1,000 a year. And they're doing more than that now than they did back then. Hmm. Like I had a guy with uh, the same engine pull in uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, had it towed in, and it was a locked-up engine. And... um, he got a new engine put in it. He was in our store the other day for an oil change. And he said, yeah, they, got, they put my engine in. But they're, they're saying mine, all the problems with the engines are bearing issues on the lower end of the engine. Hmm. They said mine has a valve issue in the cylinder head. So they said it's not covered under the warranty. So I have to put the engine in. It's not covered. But I'm anxious. I've ordered an engine. I'm getting the engine. It'll be at my shop on Monday. And I'm anxious to take those valve covers off and that oil pan off and just see what that thing looks like on the inside and see if they really... Check it out and see if it really does have a bad valve or if it's not very Was that him saying he'd record tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wolfie, Wolfie just, just replied back. I texted him earlier on it, but he was answering my question today. But I, yeah, I put a new. Uh, well, not a new. I put a. I I put a motor in my Kia that I had. But you put yeah. what? Three hundred thousand miles on yeah. it almost before you had to do it. Yeah, but See, it, when yeah. when Kia first started, their whole thing was that it was supposed to be a cheap car that was reliable. That you don't get, you know, you don't get all the fancy stuff, but you're getting a car that's cheap and reliable. And now they've switched to in the past five or so years, they've switched to they want to be a luxury brand like Range Rover and you know Mercedes. And I think ever ever since then the quality's gone down a lot. Well, you know, I, I like Kia's. I, I think there's a lot of good things about Kia's, like the one that I was just talking about, my Sorento. There's a lot of things I like about it. I mean, it's totally undercoated on the underside. The brake lines are all wrapped in rubber. I mean, they really build that car. I've not. I put 157,000 miles in this car. It's nearly 10 years old, and I've barely had to do anything to it. But these 2.4 engines that they use in all these cars, um, yeah. Kia Optimas, they use them in all the Hyundai Elantras, and just... Uh, all sorts of cars, they use these things in. Um, See, mine was a little 1.6 liter. Yeah. 
Well, these 2.4s have that lower bearing issue, yeah. and they're just blowing up like crazy. I had to. I put two uh, two timing belts on uh, the first engine. And then eventually, the first two times, the timing belt snapped once. Um, where was it? I think it was at Food City. Mm-hmm. And then once at the bottom of my driveway. Yeah. And then, so it didn't do much. And then the third time was I was doing 80 miles an hour down the interstate on 75. Well, that'll, that'll do some damage. <laughs> I flew, I yeah, flew that's why I got the new motor. <laughs> I flew a surfing yeah. belt doing that once in uh, one of those Dodge trucks. But I was in Williamsburg. I was going into Williamsburg. So I pulled over. I called. uh, I just Googled um, tow truck. He he was there not five minutes. He had me loaded up, took me in. He uh, we dropped the car off at the garage there in Williamsburg. And then he drove me over to the courthouse because I was going to work. (laughs) I was going to do some work. And then I called Laura and then she come pick me up later that afternoon. Um, but I, I did my work and then we stopped by there and, you know, found out what it was. And then, but, uh, we found a used, um, motor in a, in a, out of a wrecked one. I think it had like, I want to say like 40 or 50,000 miles on it. Yeah. And that was the motor when we put that in, um, we bought it and put it in and it, it lasted another, uh, I'd say over a hundred thousand miles before I got rid of it. And then I just traded it then. But, but well, you know, like I had no idea how much this motor was going to cost, and I think I paid eight hundred, uh, eight hundred for the one I had. But it was well, a used. I had no idea. Well, I had no idea how much it was going to cost, but I know they're replacing these things like crazy. Right. So that does a couple things. Like it, I would assume that it probably takes a lot of them out of the market because there's not a big need for them because there's so many of them getting replaced already that if you have a bad engine, there's not that many people that truly have to buy it aftermarket wise because the company is replacing so many of them anyhow. Right. So then, you know, you call like places like advanced auto parts to sell remand engines. And they were wanting like $4,500, $5,000. One of them was like $7,000 for one of the brands they carry for a remanufactured engine for this thing. And I thought, well, I'm going to call the salvage yard and see how much they would charge me for it. And I called them and they said that they had one with 124,000 miles on it. They wanted $3,200. <laughs> I was like, dear Lord, that engine is probably worse than the one I have. <laughs> and it's got a bad cylinder on it. And I'm, I'm like, that's not going to work. I would, you know, pay a little bit more. So I actually wound up, I'm getting it from Kia. I ordered the engine through the dealership. And they said whenever they replace these engines that there's five parts they put on every one of them. And he said they put the engine, uh, two gasket kits, a uh, new engine oil cooler uh, tube, and a set of flywheel bolts that they put in every ticket, no matter what. And then they said there's other stuff like oil and cool and stuff like that, which I don't need from them, and, um, and all that. But just on those five parts, after talking to them several times, at first they, they told me it'd be $5,700 for them to install the engine. And then um, I asked him, well, how much is just the engine? And he said, like, $2,900. And I said, well, that don't sound as bad as what I've been hearing from other places. So eventually I talked to him more about the engine. He told me $2,600. And this includes all five pieces, the engine, two gasket sets, engine oil cooler tube, and the flywheel bolts. 
And now, um, after I told him that, you know, I worked at a shop and all that, and I'm going to just buy the engine, put it in myself. Right. They also sued me for twenty three hundred and nineteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll save you a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For everything. That's yeah. the that's the engine. That's the gasket set. That's everything right. for twenty three hundred nineteen dollars. So I'm getting a fully remanufactured Ooh. Kia engine for twenty three hundred nineteen dollars. Yeah, I think. And, uh, and I'm putting it in my shop. Yeah, I think the one I the well the one I got, I, I just got lucky with it because it was <clears throat> straight out of the junkyard, no warranty, no pretty much anything with it. It yeah. was like I mean, here's one that was wrecked. It was now the it was all rear end wrecked, so it wasn't the front end was spotless. Um, yeah. So it was like you take the risk. Um, well, you know, if it's a motor that doesn't have a known lower bearing issue, you could probably feel okay about that. But when that guy told me. 124,000 miles and $3,200. And I'm like, this is an engine that we know has lower bearing issues. <laughs> yeah. Why, why would I pay $3,200 for this engine, you know, with 124,000 miles where it's probably going to blow up after another 20,000 miles? I mean, it just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, your situation, your motor is a lot different probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like I said, it was, I think I paid right at 800 and something for the motor. And then he charged me. I was thinking it was like less than three or four hundred bucks to put it in. Mine will be about a thousand for installation, and that's with my discount at the shop and stuff. I bought a truck with the most unreliable diesel engine ever built, <laughs> but I knew that when I bought it. So, Is it, what year's yours? Uh, two thousand eight six. It's got the six four diesel in it. Everything I've seen says uh, it'll either blow up before a hundred thousand, or it'll probably last you to three hundred. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> That's what most of them tend to do. Yet, uh, but uh, they still sell for about ten grand for a brand new engine. Just, just the engine. Most of them. Yeah, diesels are good when you need one, but I don't have much use for one. Well, see, that's what I I bought it when I had plans to use a diesel, and now I don't ever. I don't need the. You know, I don't need a diesel, so now I'm trying to sell it. Well, now when did you buy that truck? Uh, in. Almost a year ago now. Yeah, I think it was. It was in, it was in May, yeah. like middle of May last year. So the market wasn't great, probably when you uh, uh, bought it. Not great, but technically, uh, it has increased in value since I bought it. I bought it for. That's crazy. I bought it for twenty one, and it blew books for uh, right under twenty three now. Well, you hear all these stories about these people that bought trucks, um, like two fifty, three fifty, stuff like that. And they pay like seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars for these trucks a few years ago. And they said the dealerships are calling them, wanting to buy them back for the same amount, and in some cases more than what they paid for them new. Yeah, I know a few. I know a few people that have done that, even with the lower-level trucks, just like the fifteen hundreds. I know a guy that sold his Silverado fifteen hundred for a thousand dollars more than he paid it paid for it four years ago. Yeah, well, so they say a lot of the people with the Teslas. Buying Model Threes, they bought. If you bought a Model Three within the past two years, you can pretty much guarantee you can sell it today more than you paid for it brand new. Yeah, there was a person posted on one of the marketplace groups uh, today with a Ford Maverick, and they was wanting fifty thousand dollars for it. And the person was like, "Isn't this the truck they advertise for like twenty thousand dollars right now?" <laughs> yeah. Well, where I'm trying to sell my truck, I'm in all those, you know, Facebook groups for selling and everything, and most of them are just full of people that went to the dealership, ordered a truck, and now that it's here, they're selling it for ten grand more than they just bought it. That yeah. they're just buying them just to sell them. 
All right, is everybody still here? And I remember them talking that, you know, that that was around the time when they first started saying two weeks to flatten the curve. And at that time, I remember thinking, there's no way they can shut this stuff down for two weeks. That'll destroy so many things. I remember listening to the radio on the Ron and Fez show. Well, it's the Ron and it's the Bennington show is what it is now because Fez had not actually Fez died not too long ago. But um but they were talking about it, and it's when they first started canceling. The NBA started canceling games, and yeah. uh, what you call it, the uh, Broadway shows canceled. And he was he was kind of freaking out like that. He's like, "That's something that's never been done before. Is shutting down like to this level." But then, even then, though, they were still talking a couple of weeks, and then. Uh, the big shutdowns really only lasted a few months. Right. Um, and then slowly some things started opening and then, but yeah. you know, the shutdowns though were so crazy and useless and oh, yeah. the way they did it, you know, like they, it, it just, I don't know. The whole thing was just, you know, you shut down all these businesses. Most of these businesses had few people in them that didn't have, you know, like large populations or large crowds or there weren't big gathering spots, but you let all the busiest stores with the most people stay <laughs> <Right>. open <laughs> that well, draw all the biggest crowds to begin with. But, but what do you think would have happened if our government would have told Walmart, no, you've got to shut down every one of your stores. Oh, all these businesses made out like none other. Walmart has the best years of their oh, yeah. entire oh yeah. Uh, They're still history. We're we're still yeah. beating goals. Yeah, it's still yeah. struggling for just in stock because oh, yeah. of everything yeah. now. If it wasn't for that, they I mean they would be blowing it out of the water even more. Yeah. Oh, I know. You go to most Walmart stores around here, and they are just destroyed. Never have anything. But now they did. They did. The, if you looked at it conspiracy theory wise, they did kill all the small and pop places that they wanted to. Yeah. So yeah. if your idea as a government is we want to control retail, um, we want to control the flow of of merchandise to people. It's a lot easier when you're dealing with big corporations. If you've got a handful to deal with, rather than you know, 30 million small businesses across the country. Yeah. There were a lot of bigger companies that didn't make it through it either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But most of those were pretty bad companies to begin with. Right. They were already struggling, and this was kind of the final blow. Wall Street Bet saved a few of them, though. They saved GameStop and and AMC and Bed Bath & Beyond. If it wasn't for Wall Street Bet's, I think AMC would have went out and GameStop should have went out. I think they would yeah. still be going, but it'd be Yeah. They'd be it, they they'd would be, close. be they'd be heading out. I know those quarters before that blow up, GameStop was losing. I know that one that last quarter, I don't remember what the actual number was, but it was their their net loss for that quarter was like almost 30% of their market cap. Right. Well, the so, weirdest the weirdest part about that is they're still not doing any better actually right. in terms of sales or anything. It's just that now they're 
stocks worth what hundred and yeah, it's still up there. So so they have a little bit more uh, more uh, floating power, right? Well, I guess I better hop off here. I've been sitting in the driveway long enough. All right. <laughs> All right. Is anybody still here? I saw a thing the other day that really made sense. Talking about buying Bitcoin. He said, I don't remember what the number was. Um, okay, there's 56 million millionaires in the world. Right. So if, Which is actually a lower number than I expected. Right. But that's still a lot. 56 no, million. Right. I, I'm not saying it's not, but I don't know. So it's not 56, about, 56 I mean, million. That's a pretty big number of people. I'm not disagreeing, but right. you know, when you think about how many millionaires there are that live in just Harlan... And you think about, well, there's got to be more than that in bigger cities and stuff that, I don't know. Yeah. It, you would, I just would think there would be more, but. Let's say that would put one million in every state. Yeah. Okay. A, a million people. A million people in there. There's only three million in Kentucky. Right. And so, so, you know, some yeah, of those, that obviously, be... a lot of those are in California. Right, right. Um, but, so there's 56 million millionaires. There's only is that in the is that in the entire it, world or just yeah, in the country in the entire world, world. Okay. and so if we're talking about Bit, Bitcoin being a global currency or a global store of value, there's 56 million millionaires right now. There is only 21 million Bitcoin in existence. That's that's all there will right. ever be. So that means every single millionaire can't own one one Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So at that rate, it would basically be about a third of Bitcoin per millionaire, if you looked at it as when it right. took over the which moves the price of an entire Bitcoin up to what three million probably if if right you know, if you were looking and that's at only that. counting the millionaires that's not right. counting everyone else out there that all their wealth adds up to be so you know, like so the idea would be if so if you have one Bitcoin right now when it becomes a global store of value if it if, if it becomes it would be have to be worth more than more than a million right but what's the gold uh market cap right now if you it, because that's the it's idea of up, what gone up a lot since uh look for the spot price. 12 trillion there it is yeah 12.1 trillion so we'll say we'll say 12 trillion so 12 trillion divided by 21 million so if it were to take over as this global to store of value, gold, replace basically. gold, at gold's market value today, that would put each coin at $571,000. So, so at half a million dollars. Still way more than it is at the moment. Right, it's 30000 But right now. now there's really not, I mean, Sorry, there's with a 20 lot of people in, in Bitcoin, but there's not that many people in Bitcoin. Right now. So it would 20x from where it is today. And that's not with any growth in value. Right. If you only looked at it as a gold store. All right, is anybody still here? U.S. Department of Treasury releases official statement imposing sanctions on Putin. Do you see that? Do you see Biden's response to the reporters asking him? <clears throat> well, first, Kamala was the day before. They asked her about the sanctions, and she said that they were a deterrent to stop yeah. Putin from doing we started issuing them before they actually invaded. I forget she exists. I know. I think Biden does too because the very next day he said those were he never said supposed th to be That's what he said. Those were not supposed to be deterrents. Um, and they said, well, they're not doing anything. They're not deterring. They're not 
Right. They're they're doing. There's said, no yeah, impact watched, at all. I watched that interview with him. What are you going to do? Nothing. And well, that's what he said. He said, "Well, we'll give it a month or so, and see how they work, and then we'll, you know, determine then what our uh, response will be." Here's what's going to happen: if they're going if they're going to do this, uh, these sanctions and stuff like that, then they're going to cut off the Russian oil pipeline, which means all the people in Eastern Western Europe that depend on that for fuel for their vehicles and fuel to heat their homes are going, not going to be able to drive. They're not going to be able to yeah, right. keep themselves warm in the winter. That's Germany. Germany, they said 70% of all their oil comes from Russia. Yeah, that's what there's yeah. a, a lot of German citizens oh, are mad poor doggy. because they had running nuclear power plants and uh, the people in power in Germany decided to shut them down uh, a few years ago mm-hmm. to transition to Russian gas. Mm-hmm. You mean kind of like we had the Keystone Pipeline? That, exactly uh, like that. And they, no, we don't like we don't like you know. Uh, well, they did the same thing. Dependence. That they What's did it with called? That, that the... they said it was bad for the environment, even though it's better for the environment than depending on um, Russian gas. You know, they claimed Pizza. it was bad for the environment, and dangerous, so they shut it down. And Go here's the thing: fun. if they would have simply left alone what Trump was doing with our gasoline, we were actually an exporter of gas. We could put these sanctions on Russia, and then we we could be the people that would be supplying the gas to places like Germany, right? right. To keep them well, the sanctions you know, that, the way they the sanctions Biden put in is the exact same ones were, that he removed that Trump had started. Yeah, already. Trump had already started all those, and then when Biden was elected, yeah, he you know revoked all of them. Mm-hmm. So he did. He didn't even create anything new, other than uh, a little bit of the direct financial ones to the the president and the chairman and stuff. But I mean, none of this, Russia doesn't care about any of the financial problems about this. I mean, their no. their economy has already been failing. Right. They they don't care about their people either. Right. And their economy is like, I think, seven places below Canada. They just want some more of the... But, I, I mean, I think either way, this is over in a month. Either Ukraine can hold them off for a month, at which point they'll decide to pull out and keep the areas that they've taken control of by that point, just like they did in 2014, and uh, or they'll take all of Ukraine within a month. That's what they'll end up, standing in bread lines again. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what they did in 2014 when they attacked. They chipping away at Ukraine, that they keep just taking pieces of it every time they attack and going, okay, well, this part's ours now, but we'll stop attacking the rest of you if you let us just have this. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people saying that. Uh, that uh, the U.S. caused this invasion of Ukraine, that it was all set up between us, Russia, and the Ukraine government to to raise the price of uh, U.S. oil, because it has skyrocketed since this started. At this point, nothing like that would surprise me. I don't know. Yeah, I can't put it past them doing it. Now look what they've already done. They've shut down the economy for two years. Right. And they no don't reason. care I mean, about who gets hurt by it as long as the people that are making the decision to do it are going to profit from it yeah that's all they care about as long as it doesn't inconvenience me it's all good yeah us in 2020 joking about world war (laughs) three I keep seeing uh, videos it's like just send in uh, just send in uh, uh, Chicago and Detroit divisions and all the Russian tanks will be on blocks within a day. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again and see you next time. Watch what you say to me Cause I done seen a lot of shit that I could never talk about